Hello and welcome to the podcast by Houston Interpreters and Translators Association. This is Veronica de Michelis. And this is Nora De Palma. This is our third episode and we are so grateful for the positive feedback we have been getting from our listeners and HITA members. Thank you. Our guest today is Rita Pavone. Welcome, Rita. Hi, thank you. Hi, it's a pleasure to have you with us today, Rita. Can you please tell us more about your background and experience? Sure, and actually I'm honored to be with you today. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, my name is Rita Pavone, as it was announced. I have been an interpreter and a translator for over 20 years. I work also with different language pairs. I'm also a cultural competence consultant. I am an educator. I teach undergraduate classes and uh, in a variety of fields. And also I've been more recently a policy researcher and a speaker due to my academic path, professional path as well. Thank you, Rita. We are really excited to have you on our podcast and we look forward to the workshop you will be uh, holding for HITA in November and we'll come back to that. When did you know that this was your calling? As early as my, the years of my uh, university experience back in Italy, when I pursued and completed a postgraduate degree in foreign languages and cultures, and I also studied specializing linguistics, it was very fascinating for me. And right before graduating, I began learning people in this arena, and then I started with small-scale projects in uh, translations with guidance. And that together with my social life and my interests, I changed different types of uh, social environments. And uh, I had so many different experiences with uh, diverse and multicultural groups that um, I increased, that fascinated me to the point of motivating to continue on that road. Aside from that, I also had the opportunity to live and work in a variety of places. And um, when I talk about diverse environments, it includes also the military environment, multicultural environments, in the sense of also projects uh, that involve uh, business people and uh, students from other countries. And so it has been basically a crescendo over the years, including also the a position that I held some time ago as a designated school official and foreign student advisor. What's the best advice you've been given in your career? I actually have two to share, if you don't mind, I'll keep it very brief. One was when I worked and lived at a, a military base in uh, Germany, and I worked for the American Red Cross. We were not taking care of disaster relief programs. It was more in terms of programs or of assistance for military members and their families. And uh, during my stay there, we had three uh, different directors. Uh, program directors and I was particularly impressed with one, the last one, because she was always motivating us to think outside the box and uh, to give more as much as possible um, to other people in the community within the guidelines by all means, but it was a great inspiration and she also uh, personally uh, said hi to us, to each one of us every day and called us by our name. The second piece of advice that was important to me uh, was given to me a few years ago by a uh, previous client of mine. Uh, I had done several translations for him, and uh, he told me to never be afraid to show how important my qualifications are, not to allow people to belittle uh, what I have done, to always believe in myself, and to know that I have a lot to give back. 
And I mentioned this too because I also uh, share this, particularly the second one, with my students. I always make a point, a point rather, at the beginning of uh, each class session to share this information because I want them to know that everything they've done in life prepares them for the next step, the next target, and it builds on credibility. And I found it very important and inspirational. This is a very important and powerful advice for sure. Um, Rita, you are writing a PhD dissertation in public policy and law and criminal justice. Can you tell us more about what specific topic you're focusing on? Certainly. I am focusing on uh, a group of individuals who used to be in isolation confinement. They went from general population uh, in the jail system to isolation confinement, but they are now, they have re-entered into society. The uh, um, issue that I was exploring at the beginning and is becoming a very interesting uh, topic for future reference, for future research rather, is the fact that People have, uh, um, are diverse in so many different ways, not only by background and by race or by language. There's also a lot of um, elements to consider under the bigger umbrella of diversity, which includes different traits, different religions, political affiliations or previous gang affiliation, specific need, physical, mental, uh, health related. And so what I'm analyzing now at this point is that if the question is, was there any point, any possible misconstruction or misinterpretation on the part of the prison staff or prison administrators when they interacted with the inmates? And that caused a hasty placing of the same inmates in isolation confinement. It's a qualitative study, so it's done through the use of interviews because I want to have the data speak to me, which means that I want them to share, I would like them to share their perspective, their experience, and then report back how that reality uh, was uh, put together in their mind during that time. Hita will have the pleasure of hosting your seminar on November 3rd on boundaries and maintaining awareness of transference and counter-transference influences. Will you please tell us a little more about what are transference and counter-transference, and why is it important that interpreters are aware of this? Certainly. Transference or counter-transference were um, witnessed in therapeutic sessions when we have a therapist and a client or a patient that are interacting. And a lot of times they share perceptions of each other. And that is a very delicate moment because depending on the type of perception, the communication uh, between the two parties can be affected and also the withholding of information or the sharing of information. Now, we do this on an everyday basis when we interact with other people on a social basis. It's particularly important when we're also interpreters because as we interpret, we share perceptions of each other with the other person that is relying on our service. Depending on how we see each other, we may end up withholding information, maybe changing content without realizing, choosing a term that may not be exactly appropriate. And perhaps from the other party, the person that needs our service may see us as an enemy or somebody that is supporting his or her 
position or experience. So it's very important for us to become aware, at least, that there isn't a formula that will resolve every single situation, but it's a, it's a discourse, it's a conversation that we need to have so that we can understand our own perceptions and also consequences of the type of interaction. This is indeed a very important conversation to have and um, something to be aware of. So what can workshop participants expect from this event? First of all, a transparent stance on the issue. We want to be open with one another. We want to have an open conversation and exchange based probably also on some other people's experiences. We want to grow together. The only way to do that is if we have that type of conversation through activities, examples, of course, some sharing on notions and scenarios. I also welcome uh, the portion of the interaction because it's very important for me to see if uh, the concepts have been absorbed in a way where we can move forward to the next step of the conversation. The last point that is very important is also recognizing when it's time perhaps to withdraw from an assignment or from an encounter. Um, that comes from knowing our boundaries and our limitations. There's no shame in that. It's very important because our uh, objective as interpreters is to maintain accuracy, be transparent and do the best job possible. So if there is something an event that makes us feel uncomfortable and not give us, um, allows, allow us to give us the best, perhaps it's time for reflection and then to be prepared the next time around. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rita. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you and we look forward to seeing you in Houston in November. Thanks to you as well, to the HITA team for this opportunity and I look forward to seeing everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode of our podcast. If you have any feedback or suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at hitapodcast at hitagroup.org. You can find all of our podcast episodes on soundcloud.com, hitagroup, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Thanks for listening and have a great day.